Hey everyone, we are so excited for today's call, but before we begin, we wanted to share with you an amazing opportunity as our product of the week. So Stephen, tell us about this opportunity. Jesse, one of the biggest problems that girls experience when they start to compete is the lack of funding. I mean, pageantry, it's an expensive sport. And I mean, from evening gowns to entry fees to coaching, even though we make it very affordable, side plug. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But there's a lot of expenses that go into it. And so oftentimes items of sponsorship comes up, like how can I get the money? Girls are working separate jobs and we're Um, They're doing separate fundraisers. So we have an exciting announcement that we've been doing quietly kind of below the radar for the last like two months and it's been very successful so much so that I want to bring it to our podcast listeners and this is a sponsorship opportunity that Pageant Planet is providing for contestants all over the globe. That is amazing because I can totally empathize with needing the extra funds, et cetera, when you're funding it yourself. So tell me a little bit about how you girls can get involved or how they can learn more. So Pageant Planet has partnered with a publicly traded company on the New York Stock Exchange, so highly credible. And what we've done is we've developed a a system to where girls can become a brand ambassador for one of their products and do social media shout outs through their personal Facebook um, Facebook profile, and in exchange for those shout-outs, they make revenue. So it's not necessarily like Pageant Planet is just writing checks to everybody that reaches out to us. So a girl will just basically, or a guy, can do a post on their personal Facebook post, and then based on the sales that come in um, off of this, they will get to keep all the the profit of that particular sale. So profit, not gross, like net after the expenses. So um, basically, I did this as a test run on my own personal fan page or my personal profile page on Facebook. I was like, okay, I, I want to see if this is like legit. Well, when I did it, I made $2,000 within like 48 hours. And oh somebody listening might be like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. That's Steven, right? Um, and so I reached out to Teresa Scanlon, a former Miss America, and had her do it. Well, she made like $1,600, $1,700 like within 24 hours. And then I was like, okay, well, that works for us. And she was really thrilled with the results. I was thrilled with the results. And I'm like, let's just open it up a little. And seriously, everybody that's done this has made anywhere on the very low end, like 20 bucks, to at the high end, I've had other girls who, again, were not like a Miss America or whatever. They made like two grand themselves and everything in between. So everything from 1000 to 100 to 120 it just kind of depends on how interactive you are on your own private um Facebook profile. I'm being very deliberate that I'm not saying fan page because that's not how you launch it. It's through your personal. And it just depends on how many friends you have. But it's a very systematic way. You can do it once. You can do it several times. Um, you can do it one and done. So there's all these different kind of options. But basically, um, that's the skinny. And how can they get started? Because so, I'm obviously like ready to like raise my hand, get started, let's do it. So how can they get started? Yeah, I mean, you don't have any risk. I mean, you don't pay any money or have to do anything like that. So if you want to get started in this and you're interested in doing a promotion through your personal profile um, on Facebook, you just have to reach out to me personally on Facebook. So if you go to facebook.com backslash Stephen Roddy, 
Um, you can't friend request me because I'm, I'm tapped out on friends, but um, you can still message me. There's still that option. Um, so just send me a message, and then what I'll do is I connect. Um, there's a girl on our staff. Her name's Cassie. She's just amazing, um, and she's helping me handle all the volumes because, I mean, we've been doing this quietly, and we've been getting about 20 to 25 inquiries a day from you know people here, South America, United Kingdom, Australia, you know, because we do it globally, and um, so that's the way to get a hold of me. If I don't get a hold of you, then like. 24 hours. Don't freak out. I have seen it, but um, depending, I probably will get bombarded over the next few days once this podcast goes live. All right. That's an amazing opportunity. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome everyone to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to discuss eight reasons why, wow, I messed that up, eight reasons why you are not getting pageant sponsors. So Jesse, set the stage for us. Unless you were born into a really great situation where you don't need to look for outside support for your pageant hair and makeup, your pageant gowns, et cetera, and you really want to be able to take home that crown and do all of the necessary resources, you probably have to work a couple jobs or put in extra time and effort to make extra money. And then if you want to offset even that effort, it's sponsorship. And we get emails all the time from contestants that are looking for sponsors or they've been They've been pounding the streets and they're just not converting. So we wanted to talk today about some reasons why you may not be converting your sponsorship requests and how you can uh, make those no's into yeses. Awesome. Okay. So yeah, most of the people are not born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Uh, you know, God bless those who are. Um, but um, so this is a very real subject, raising money and seeing what roadblocks are there. So give us the first of the eight reasons why girls aren't getting the sponsorships. Yeah. And I want to say for sure, I made all of these mistakes. So this is, these are not necessarily super obvious. I mean, some of them definitely are, but as you're in this process, you're not always thinking about these things. So I think this will be helpful for anyone listening. The first item is social media part one, and this is the content on your social media pages. And before in investing your money, like I can, like when I'm online shopping, Stephen, I can't remember the last time I bought something online without doing research, looking up reviews, looking up YouTube videos, etc. So when you're asking people for money, I guarantee you that they're doing their own extensive research on you. They're checking your track record. They're observing the quality just like they would for a product that they are going to invest in. And I mean, Stephen, can do you look at reviews when you're buying things online? Oh, buying things or restaurants. Like my wife and I, we travel a lot. So that's the only thing we base the restaurants that we're in a new city on is like reviews. So yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. It's all about legitimacy. And we've talked about it before on podcasts, but keep your social media clean and respectable. Um, when they give you money, they are essentially tying you to their business. You're a spokesperson for them. So if they go on your social media and it's only pictures of you out partying or you're kind of making faces the whole time, you may just want to clean it up because again, you're looking for business partners and they need to, they're auditioning you just as much as you're asking them for sponsorship. So keep it respectable, make sure that there's something that 
they will want to align with their business. And like Stephen, what are what are the qualities in addition to like the partying and the faces that you see on social media that would be a make or break for you to work with? You know, PDA with your boyfriend. Um, mm. You know, if you're if you're married and you're kissing, that's one thing. You know, or if it's maybe New Year's and you're like mid late twenties, but you got to keep in mind like the image that you put out there. It, it's a uh, it, it can it can really tarnish your your image. I heard um, and I was involved in it's a very high level pageant, and a girl was a front runner for this particular pageant. One of the judges found that she had modeled for a company. She had her hands over her breasts, but no top on, and that lost her the pageant. Wow! Because when I heard it, I mean, and I was just there as the MC, so I heard the judges talking. It came out the director was there, and that was a very real thing. And because of that, she didn't win. She was winning, but be- only because of that, she didn't win. So for sure, and and many pageant contracts even call that out specifically. You cannot have posed nude, or you cannot insinuate that you are nude in a photo. So. Very good point. So um, basically PDA, because when I go on there, when I go on your social media, I'm investing in you, as you said. And if I see that, that's that's a one turn off. Um, also, how you dress. Like, I, I know Halloween is something time where girls dress a little bit more scandalous, whatever. But if you're posting photos of that, again, you're, you're casting out this image because a picture is worth a thousand words so people can create their own interpretation and if a guy if you're asking a guy or a business to invest in you well if that guy is married the wife is also going to be looking too right because there it's their account and so Mm -hmm. if she's there and she's not comfortable that could be a deterrent too i so miss the days when facebook was only for people with edu email addresses where you could be free and wear your halloween costume without worrying about pageant sponsors seeing it but that's just me anyway (laughs) well i bet facebook doesn't because they're making like three billion dollars a month or something right now it's crazy it is crazy i'm curious to see how facebook um survives over the long term though because the upcoming generations are leaning more towards snapchat instagram photo etc so i'm very curious to see but anyway I was going to just say, like, that's why they made so much changes, like, in the mm-hmm. fan pages and, like, you're eliminating it so people of the next generation can just see their friends' activity. That's yep. why they are moving to the other, because it just got so commercialized. So people are bouncing. But Snapchat's the same thing. I mean, Snapchat is getting highly commercialized right now. Totally. Um, yep. People are kind of frustrated with that, too. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll create something. Maybe we will. I love that. <laughs> okay, so... no. That's a digression, but anyway, so the next step for number two of why you're not getting pageant sponsorships is you're relying on written correspondence only. And this is a huge, huge, huge no-no. So if you're just sending emails or written letters, you are so doing it wrong. You should be visiting these businesses or these business people at the very least drop off your written letter. It should never be just sent into um, snail mail or cyberspace and you keep your fingers crossed and you hope for the best. I mean, you're like the best case scenario is taking the person you're asking for coffee. It's a really small investment. I mean, how much is a coffee? Um, well, depending on where you go. <laughs> yeah. Probably, Starbucks, a car payment? Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> yeah, Tim Hortons, I think that was like two bucks, right? Yeah. Or bring them a coffee and say, you know what? Like, just thought I would bring this by, um, or I was in the neighborhood. Um, it's a small price for a potentially great return. It's amazing for cultivation. We'll get there later. Um, but when you're reaching out, like, so if you can only reach out in writing truly, 
you reach out in writing, but don't request money in that initial email or letter. It should be for a meeting. You want to get in front of them face to face. You want to prove that you have the speaking abilities to be a great spokesperson and a potentially great title holder. You want to be able to make that personal connection. It's so much harder to say no when they're in person in front of you. So that should be your goal. Get rid of the written stuff unless you're using it as a must have intro. If you don't have a warm contact to like make that make that initial conversation happen but you should be stopping by making sure that they're seeing you in the flesh yeah fortune favors the bold and if you're going to use writing use it to say hey i'm going to come by see you at thursday and maybe even put a signed autograph photo there something like that so they know that you're coming and then go meet with them no yeah and a little sales tip i heard in my my past sales life it was I'm going to stop by at two o'clock. If I don't hear from you, I assume that will work and I'll see you then. Cause then they have to follow up and say, no, no, don't come. Or there you are. They know you're showing up. So kind of really, really be bold and put yourself out there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that, that was perfect. Like do, do a written letter saying that you're going to come, then go at that time. Don't be late. And mm-hmm. then follow up with a thank you letter. And like, that's the best usage to do handwritten only. I mean, imagine if you're dating a guy and yeah, it might be like a bit romantic, a bit charming that he writes you a letter um, first. But if he never follows up with an in-person conversation, you're never going to date him, right? You're not and you're just, probably catfished. Really. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wait, why <laughs> is this person? Yeah, why is this person not meeting me? Are they really who they say they are? Right. So mm-hmm. this is not a different situation. Catfish. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah so that that's my um, beef on on the written only. Yeah. And I, I'll say I had a great sponsorship relationship with a local tanning salon chain and I was getting spray tans like for every single event Mm -hmm. and I had no contact there. But what I did is I wrote up a really nice letter and I said, well, here's my social media handles. I am working with companies to get their names out there referring. Here's my following, et cetera. would love to meet and discuss further. And that I, I competed for Miss, Miss International, won it. And then I was Miss International. I had two years of free spray tanning from just putting myself out there. So if you have to leave with money or with um, with something in writing, always have a proposal in place. Like show your credibility. I love that. Okay, so that we covered two out of the yep. eight. What's the third yep. of the eight reasons why girls aren't getting pageant sponsorships? The third is you're not thinking like a business. And it's really easy to be in our mindset of, oh my gosh, I need this money for this pageant or to buy this gown or for my hotel stay or whatever you're using it for. But if you're not putting yourself in the position of the person you're asking, you're doing yourself a disservice. So consider how you plan to help them. Is it appearances, public posts, endorsements, exposure? Those are some really great things to include as you're starting to put an outline together for that plan. Um, but you should always be looking to say, okay, how can I benefit them? Are they lacking in social media on this platform that I may really excel at? Or is there something you can do behind the scenes um, to, to enhance their content? Maybe you're gonna put an endorsement with a photo of you. Really think about what you can do for them. I, I love that. And, and really, no one that owns a company is just looking for opportunities to give away money. You know? Totally. <laughs> I mean, I think there's been one 
person in the history of business owners who was looking to do that. And that was Andrew Carnegie, who was the wealthiest man in the world back in the early 1900s. And he had this commitment with himself that he was going to give away all of his wealth before he died. So, like, he's the only person I can think of. Rockefellers are right up there too, but outside of that, very limited. So yeah, doing these things or even just saying like, wow, these people do not update their Instagram on a consistent basis. Going to them saying, hi, I am Miss fill in the blank. Let me take over your Instagram for you. I'll do two posts a day, every day, and you know, give me X dollars amount per month and then I'll also be here for other endorsement deals for you. So you can update their social media status on the fly. They will have basically as many or a local celebrity um, updating their stuff for you and you get paid for it. So like things like that where you're creating this sponsorships, this partnership can, can really be advantageous and you can help the business make a return on their investment. So as long as you can show that business, if you give me X dollars, whatever X is, it doesn't matter, and I'm going to help you make X plus $1, they'll give you that money all day long because they want a return on their investment. Mm-hmm. I love that example. If you are listening, I want you to rewind it and write down what Steven just said. It's about... it's. Being creative is the new sponsorship ask. It's not just, hey, here's my form. My, my pageant may, be, may or may not be a 501c3, or you might get a tax deduction on this from a marketing standpoint. It's, okay, here's how we can work together. Together is the best place to be. Love that. Okay, so number. what's the fourth reason why girls are not getting sponsorships? Yep, so we're going back to social media part two. And this is your following. So if you're offering social media posts or social media expertise, like we were just talking about, make sure you have the amount of money you're asking for and it parallels your followers. So if you only have 500 followers, you shouldn't necessarily be asking for $1,000. That's two bucks a follower. I mean, my goodness, they could get a million time return on their investment by running a TV or a radio ad. So if you're putting that kind of money in place as part of a proposal, make sure you have other things to bulk it up to match that amount. Um, and Steven, I've been dying to ask you this question. Like, what do you think is a fair valuation for um, someone that's looking for support from a social standpoint? Well, it goes based on the return on potential investment. So mm-hmm. um, we have various different advertising packages and on Pageant Planet, right? And it's also, it's based on like what the business is going to get on the return on their investment. So Mm -hmm. for example, manufacturers is more expensive to advertise on pageant planet than a pageant coach. Because if a manufacturer gets like if Sherry Hill gets one new retailer that comes on as a result of pageant planet, she'll make like 30, Mm $40,000. If a pageant coach gets one new um, client from us, they might make 200. So you see the disparity there. So if you have 500 followers, but you're marketing to like a car dealership and you know that your demographic of followers is like 16 years old, so they're going to be coming in and purchasing their very first car and you do have um, like what you said, 500 followers, you're like, okay, if one, if I can get 1% or even half of 1% of people to come in and test drive a car that would be really valuable to that car dealership because Mm -hmm. 1% would be five, half of 1% would be 
two people and one very really short person or two or three people regardless of how you slice it um <laughs> and if you could get two or three people to come in and test drive a car well car dealerships have known to give out fifty dollar credit cards to anybody who just comes in and test drives a car so that would be worth basically a hundred and fifty dollars so um if you do only have 500 followers on let's say instagram rather than saying to the car dealership hey i've got 500 followers on instagram i will give you a shout out on my uh, profile in exchange for 150 dollars because for me that wouldn't be worth it right as if i owned the car dealership Mm -hmm. but if you said hey if i can get three girls to come in and test drive a car that are serious customers um, through social media and my personal network, will you give me $150? And I would be like, yes, totally do that. Yep. Oh my gosh. This is like business one-on-one. I'm loving it. There's so many good <laughs> nuggets in here. And just so you know, like there are several websites and articles about how to build your social following. So take a, take a, like a 20 minute break in your day tomorrow. And I want you to research some of those things. If you know, your following is lacking and see if you can implement and let us know if you have success. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Okay, next one. All right, so we're at one, two, three, four. We're on the fifth one, right? Yes, we are. Fifth one. Not looking the part. Oh, massive. Yeah, big one there. So I get it that some of the sponsors you're asking, you may have known your entire life. Like I asked my dentist, my doctor, my hairstylist, anybody that – I or my family had given significant business over the years where I was seeing them on a recurring basis. So, I mean, they saw me like before school and my orthodontist saw me before school at like seven o'clock in the morning. So they knew that what I looked like without a lot of makeup, but when I went in to ask for, or hairstyling, but when I went in to ask for dollars, I did the whole look because you should be showing up in title holder level hair and makeup and outfit. You want them to believe that you can win because if you win, that's better for them, right? They invested in you. They have this great relationship with you. You've probably worked together on some collaborations and then you win and then your following blows up and subsequently they get more impressions or more benefit, et cetera. So having them be able to picture you in that environment saying, wow, this girl really could do it. I never would have thought when she came in at seven o'clock in the morning before school, this is what she would be able to present herself as. So always put the time and the effort in to get ready before a sponsorship touch base. Yeah. I love that. I mean, you're basically going in for your job interview and you wouldn't go in for a job interview and, um, you know, your Lululemons and, you know, workout tank, you, you would look the part for the job. And mm-hmm. if you're going in saying, sponsor me, I'm going to be the next fill in the blank. You better go and walk in like looking like the next fill in the blank. For sure. Cool. All right. Easy one. Yep. Easy one. Um, all right. Point number six, why are girls not getting sponsorships? Okay. This is my broken record moment. Um, So number six is not justifying your case. So if you say you're competing in a pageant and you're asking for money, you are a dime a dozen person. Like every girl competing in a pageant is going to every single small business in their community asking for money. But that's all they're saying they're doing. They have that stock letter that we talked about and they're just distributing it as far as the eye can see. So my favorite phrase, your title holder plan. I think you've all heard me say it a zillion times. Make sure you're communicating that title holder plan. It's everything in the interview room and outside. 
So highlight the causes you're supporting, the type of charitable events you're hosting, who's your target audience. I mean, you should be able to talk about that so quickly and be able to share with them, not only will I provide social media support, not only will I be at your appearance, here's the things I'm I'm reinvesting in the community through your investment. I know that a lot of my sponsorship requests were based upon, okay, I wanted to travel to this event to provide them social media support, to volunteer, to give back. And I was using those investments to improve that organization. So I was leading with that effort, that end result, that it wasn't just winning the pageant, it was reinvesting in the community. And so many business owners are looking for ties to that. Yeah. And, you know, so for example, one of the things I see within girls, and this is like not justifying your case, the reason why they don't really justify their case is they start to feel intimidated by the business owner. And this could be me totally just projecting. But I know when I first started out, when I was talking with someone with money, and I didn't have money, or like a lot of it, right? Um, I felt insecure asking for a partnership or sponsorship or for them to invest in me because I, I just felt intimidated. So right. as a result, I played my life small and rather than talking to the bigger businesses, I would talk to the smaller businesses that I felt like comfortable. And in my life, I found it a reoccurring theme that as long as I played small, my results were really small. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when I played small, those people could not see like the potential or they didn't have the belief in me. And it's because they didn't believe in themselves. But the people who were more successful that I went to and I spoke to, those are the people that I, I was scared of, like really scared of. But they're also the ones that were the easiest to quote sale to sell on like believing in me, you know, because Mm -hmm. they successful people all have this in common that they've all failed a lot and they all started somewhere and somebody helped them get their start. So people that are not necessarily experiencing a level of success yet, they're still looking for that person to help them get started, right? So if you play small and you go after them, they're not always able to see the potential in you. Now, that this is a blanket statement. Obviously, I don't know every small business owner on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. And being a small business owner just means that you have, I think it's less than 50 employees. So 50 employees or less, you're considered a small business. Um, don't hold me at gunpoint on that one. But I'm saying that to lead up to to this. When I did start to talk to other businesses, now this has been about 10 years ago when I was working with like banks, but I discovered that banks had to give a certain amount of their revenue back to the community. That's why you see like banks are sponsoring a lot of little league teams, a lot Mm -hmm. of school things. Now, I don't know if that's still the law or not, but I know that at that time, they have to reinvest a certain amount to the community. You, as Miss fill-in-the-blank, are a part of that community. So going into a bank, if that is still the rule, if that is still the law, again, it was like 10 years ago, I don't imagine that changed much, but it could have, but they would be investing in you. And yeah, it's going to be a little bit more intimidating probably to walk into a bank versus a pizza shop, but at the end of the day, you're just talking to people at the other end. So doing that and justifying that case, like being bold and confident, you know, you could really get some big sponsorships. Totally agree with you. It's, 
this isn't an easy thing to do, you guys. I, I understand that. And it's it's hard to ask people for money, but you have to provide that or understand and know that you can provide value to them. So if it takes a couple of times where you're sitting in front of the mirror, talking to yourself, hyping yourself up. So it's it's that kind of mentality that will get you the wins. And you're going to get several no's and that comes with the territory. But it's the more confidence you have, the more you put yourself out there, the more return you'll get. Oh my gosh. I used to stare at myself in the mirror before making sales calls and like would just totally, totally just boost myself up. Like, you're the man. <laughs> just, <laughs> and I would do things that would just make me feel empowered and then I would make mm-hmm. the call. And um, yeah, it's a growing process. And I just love watching younger women grow in this area. It's uncomfortable. But boy, the end result is it's awesome. It really is awesome. And we've all had to go through it. So you're fine. We did a podcast on power poses once. I highly recommend if you are a nervous presenter, find that podcast. I don't remember what number it is, but find the podcast and listen to it. It will be a great pump of exercise for you. Absolutely. Okay. Seventh reason why girls are not getting sponsorships. Yeah. So we touched on this really, really briefly. Um, It's lack of cultivation. So if this isn't your first rodeo and you're like coming back in the pageant world or you're one of the contestants that like is tried and true and they are like persistent and you're asking the same companies over and over again, think to yourself, like, when's the last time they heard from you? And what's the last thing you gave them? And I mean, so often these companies, they get fatigue because they're giving out money and they're either not getting their promises fulfilled or it's just like you only come to them when you have your hand out. So win or lose after your pageant, you should be providing a gift to every single sponsor as a thank you. So the first thing Steven mentioned was as soon as they sign on, they get a handwritten thank you note. Once the pageant is over, I mean, it could be something really cost effective. So it could be a signed autograph card, candy from the pageant host city. Maybe it's a postcard from the pageant host city. It could be fresh fruit. It could I mean really any, you could find so many things for like a $5 value and under. And I would imagine most of your sponsors were probably more than $5. So it's cost of doing business, but it doesn't need to be expensive. It's just a token of effort. And Um, I will say another bonus point is when you're sending out your Christmas cards every year, send them to your sponsors. It's just, again, the more they see your name and or your face, the better. And the more willing they are to see you you for who you are. Hello. Um, And they will invest in that time and time again when they connect. Yeah. And this, I was talking to a business that was looking to advertise with Pageant Planet, and actually they did. And they were telling me about, oh my gosh, like girls will hound us all the time to give them something for free, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So the business gives them something for free and then the girl goes dark. Like <laughs> as soon as she gets it, she's gone and moved on to the next. Well, that made that business very jaded as far as sure. like, I don't want to invest in pageantry because this is, this is why. And I'm like, I get it. But I'm like, it's not just pageantry. That's life. Like people will do that. And then when they get what they want, they move on to the next. So by doing what Jesse was saying, like you're not only going to get better results immediately because you're really coming at it with a servant's heart, but you're also going to have long long, um, relationships with those businesses that will germinate into something awesome. And just saying like, okay, having a list of these people that believed in you before you won or believed in you and you maybe didn't even win 
and going back and say, okay, how can I help them get a return on their investment? You know, just something like that. Like maybe you go and again, if you've won, you just go and sign autographs. Like, Hey, you know, would you like me just to go? And if it's a dentist office, like you want me to go and like hang out for the day? Like just in your waiting room, would that help you? Or you want me to shoot a commercial with you? Would that help you? Would you like me to do a video testimonial and give it to you like professional? And so you can post on your social media. Will that help you get more business? Like kind of brainstorming with them because you never know what can come out of that. Whenever I had my marketing company, I would serve like that. Like, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. And the business would tell me what their pain points are. I would give them the solution. I would totally just give them the solution. And they were so impressed by that, they would hire me because like, oh my gosh, like if he's giving me this much for free, how much more was going to give me when I actually pay them? And then when they started paying me, it was just a repeat of the same thing that I was already doing. Like, how can I help them get their money back? And that was Mm -hmm. my very simple philosophy. So if you do that too with your sponsorships and with the relationships that you have, not only is it going to help you raise money for pageantry, but you will be shocked at how it will open up doors of opportunity for you to make Mm -hmm. like revenue, to get jobs, to get um, letters of recommendation, all these great things, um, you know, moving forward. So it's never a loss of effort to serve somebody else and help somebody else succeed. Completely agree. It's, it's so important for those listening to just do the little things because so what I love the phrase, the extra mile is never crowded. It is so, so, so true. Be the person that takes the extra goes the extra mile because it will create a great reputation for you in your community and with your sponsors. Well, and I think that leads us into our last point, right? The last reason why girls aren't getting sponsorship. I save this for last because it is the most obvious. Um, and uh, it's laziness and you may get a lot of no's. I mean, this is totally a thing. Like people can spend their money on anything. So why you? So I get it. Like, Maybe they're not there for a yes yet. Maybe you haven't cultivated them yet. But the more you ask, the more your chances of saying yes, right? So make the, a couple steps to help you around this. So first is make a large list because of the attrition factor of, okay, if you have a list of 100 people, maybe you'll get 10 yeses. So how do you make the list? Um Look at local business pages. Doesn't need to be related to pageantry. We said a couple already, like we said, doctors, dentists, car dealerships, et cetera. Um, And then who already sponsors the organizations that are part of your platform? Because you know that you'll connect with them because they already have an emotional um, involvement there. So that's one way to improve your list. The second item is have a strong proposal. If you don't have a proposal, it's straight up laziness. We just gave you so many resources and ideas for you to put something really strong together. You have to have a proposal, something in writing that you can hand off. Again, you're not mailing it in. This is after your initial conversation. You're leaving something behind for them to think about. Um, And then the last thing is create a a follow-up calendar. So if you just ask and they're they're in space somewhere and they're sitting in a pile of mail, Create a follow-up calendar. So reach out after the fact. I say follow-up twice, maybe three times, depending upon how you connected in the first place. It's follow up with them. Give them a phone call first. Yeah. Then start with an email. Yeah. In sales, we say fortune is in the follow-up. And Mm -hmm. another thing is pros sift and sort. So pros just go through the numbers. Amateurs Mm -hmm. convince. You know, so you're not trying to convince anyone to invest in you. You're just sifting and sorting. You're asking the question 
and then you're moving on if they're not interested. Um, mm-hmm. Two other like ideas that I had, like because sometimes you're lazy because maybe you just haven't developed a work ethic, right? Yep. And th- that's a that's a real thing, um, especially like almost like in this day of age. Um, and no judgment if that's you, but you just need to own up to the fact that okay, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'm a little lazy. I don't put in the extra mile. And that's okay because as long as you can recognize it, then that's one step forward to to correcting it. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, I, the other reason you might be lazy is because energetically, you're just so uncomfortable with the, the thought of asking someone for money um, from almost a charitable, charitable perspective that it's just so uncomfortable it's moving you to paralysis. So if that's the case, um, why Jesse is, was talking, I had this idea that you could totally do this and it would not necessarily be an ask. So one, and there's two ideas of this. The first idea is if you have a high quality camera or if the business that you're doing has a high, um, that you're looking to get money from has a high quality camera, you can volunteer to do a photo shoot because everybody is looking for social media content, right? You're a beautiful girl, you're competing in pageantry and you can offer to do a photo shoot around their product line, whether it's a car, a toothbrush, dentist office, whatever, but fun, creative, quirky photographs, right? That you have your hand up while you have a Santa outfit on where they can put a special deal on top of your hand, like they can have a graphic designer just type it in, something like that to where they can have photos all year round for their like high quality photos for their social media channel. And then just say, here's how many hundreds of dollars that's gonna cost, or it's gonna cost 50, 100, whatever you, you feel like is good. The second thing is, if you didn't listen to the the product promotion that we did at the beginning of this podcast, we have a sponsorship um, opportunity through Pageant Planet that allows you to do social media posts and you just push it out there and you get revenue. Um, you keep the profit on all the products that you sell. So anybody can do it, whether you have a hundred followers or whether you have 5,000. Um, but that too is a very easy and effective way to raise money um, quickly within 28 or within 24 to 48 hours um, of that launch. So you know, doesn't take a lot, but it does take follow up and it does take that initiative, which, you know, you're, you're a pageant men and women out there. So you're full of drive and initiative. And I do want to make, make one thing clear too, because I know a lot of the, the listeners of this podcast are parents of contestants. If you think like a business person and you're helping your son or daughter ask for pageant sponsorships, you can totally help them with the strategy, but talk through it with them so they understand um, why you're making the decisions that you're making and also have them lead the conversation. Train them, coach them, work with them, have them practice. That way, when we get in, you get into the sponsorship ask with that company or that business person, you're not the one doing the talking. Allow your child to really grow that business aspect and have them put themselves out there and, and, and teach them that skill because it is a skill that they will have for life. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.